Welcome to the Veritas Mizzou podcast. Veritas is the college ministry of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. Our greatest hope is to see more and more college students believe that Jesus is more. To get connected, check out our weekly meeting on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on Mizzou's campus. For specific details about where we meet, how to join a small group, or more information about Veritas, visit us online at veritasmizzou.com. To stay in the loop with what we're up to, follow Veritas Mizzou on Facebook and Instagram. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Well, you probably know by now that Christmas is coming. Probably known that since after Halloween. Is that good news to you? Christmas is coming. Is that good news? Confession. I don't always look forward. I can move over here. Sorry. I don't always look forward to Christmas because it means I get less sleep, even more so than usual. You see, uh, my family, we typically spend Christmas at my in-laws down at the Lake of the Ozarks. And when we travel with our kids, they just never sleep as well in general. You know, when I hear that song, that Christmas song, Silent Night, listen to the lyrics, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. I just chuckle a little bit because that is the opposite of what happens to me and my family on Christmas night. Let me give you an example. We had an all-timer a couple years ago. Uh, uh, my oldest daughter, Adeline, and I got permission to share this, by the way. It's very important. My oldest daughter, Adeline, she came down, uh, knocked on the door and said, hey, Dad, is it time to open presents? I said, no, dear, it's not. It's 3.30 in the morning. And she did not like that. She proceeded to turn into the anger character from Inside Out. If you've seen that, blew her lid, screamed and yelled, had a little bit of a conniption, and almost woke up the entire house. There were about 10 to 12 people in this house. So what did I do? I picked her up, literally picked her up, kicking and screaming out of the house, put her in our van, and I literally drove around the lake roads for two hours, thinking, of course, that will put her to sleep, the nice calm car ride, put some music on. No. Didn't happen at all. In fact, she was just ooing and eyeing and all the Christmas lights that were still up. Total about a backfire. So we got back to the house. Nobody was up yet. And so we just kind of hung out in the van for about 30 minutes in the driveway until 6 a.m. That's when everybody was up and it's time to open presents and all of that good stuff. All that to say, Christmas time isn't always the best of news for me. But all jokes aside, in all seriousness, I'll look back one day, maybe and laugh and cry a little bit. But, but I really do, I really do love Christmas. You know, it's, it's a season of a lot of really good and fun things, right? A lot of fun Christmas parties with your friends. Hopefully it means receiving gifts, seeing lots of Christmas lights. Of course, it means you get a, a break from school. Don't have to worry about tests and papers for a while. You can catch up with old friends over break. But, but Christmas can also be kind of a season of distractions, can't it be? You know, before Christmas, of course, you all know, is finals. And that can dominate your thoughts, can get tunnel vision, can be the only thing you think about, maybe for two to three weeks straight, just, I have to study for this test, study for this test. Okay, I'm done, let me study for this test. Many of you are even scrambling to find a job over break or getting ready to graduate and to start new jobs in new cities and new places, we get hyper-focused on so many different things. What gifts to give the family? Create your own Christmas list, which is a lot of fun, but then sometimes you get paralyzed by choice, right? Putting our Christmas list, all, all that, on and on and on it goes. Season of distractions. Uh, but for some of us, Christmas might not even be a season of happiness, but instead a season of hopelessness. 
You know, you hear that phrase, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but, but for some of us, it's, it's anything but that. It's the exact opposite. Instead, Christmas is a reminder of our loneliness. It's a reminder that life is just not living up to the promises. I see one thing, I hear one thing, whether from my friends, whether on social media, this is what life should be like, and yet the day-to-day realities, they're boring, they're mundane. They don't live up to what I want. Maybe it's even a reminder of family troubles you're about to go home to over a break, or a reminder of family that you've lost. Like it or not, Christmas is coming. And so you gotta ask yourself, is that good news? Because here's the deal, it should be good news. It should be good news to all of us. Christmas is coming is the best news that we could possibly hear, but not for the reasons that, that we might initially think. You see, what often gets lost amidst this Christmas season is a much more important and profound truth. Christmas is coming means that the king is here. You see, Christmas isn't just about presents and Santa and parties and resting and eggnog and Christmas lights and the movie Home Alone. Great movie, by the way. Uh, But Christmas is about the birth of King Jesus. The king is here. Is that good news to you? Ben Stewart, some of you know him, he's an author and a pastor. He has a brother who's a Navy SEAL. And he was recounting the story of his brother getting training for halo jumping. Halo stands for high altitude, low opening. It's this, it's awesome. Looks awesome anyway. It's basically parachuting school. And so he recounts the story. He says, uh, the first morning, these Navy SEALs, they get taught how to do the jumps. They sit in a classroom, they learn, hear the techniques, they eat some lunch, and then they start practicing. They get flown up into an airplane and shoved out of a plane. It's wild. At the beginning of the, the videos, Ben Stewart was watching a video of, of his brother's training. And they're hilarious, if you think about it, because the first thing, the first jump, they're terrified. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm jumping out of a plane, right? And secondly, it's kind of funny because they have these bright baby blue jumpsuits on with these huge handlebars, and that's so that the experts can follow them and hang on to them and teach them how to do these tight turns, right? Because they've never done this. If you watch the video, there's one guy, he jumps, and his first instinct, he just starts running. Right? Like, that, like, that's going to do anything. Good luck. You're running faster to your death on the ground. It just looks silly. But with each successive jump, they learn a different skill. And then the next jump, they learn a different skill. They learn how to do the exact motions to rotate their body. And then they start learning how to make tight turns at 100 miles an hour. And with each jump, they start to look less and less silly and more and more impressive. And as as you start to see the progression in these training videos, you notice something else about these SEALs. See, by the end of the the video, these guys, they're not scared. They're not silly. They're very serious. In fact, when you watch their final jump, they're out of their baby blues and they're into their dark jungle colors, into their green and blacks. They got about 60 pounds of gear tied to them, weapons included. And as, as they load up on that plane on that final practice run, they didn't look nervous. When they got the signal, they dove out of the plane with hesitation. And by their final jump, they knew that their training was over and it was time for the real thing. And you see, Ben Stewart, when he's watching all this, this progression, he stopped laughing at that point because he realized something. He, he realized that these Navy SEALs, they're not just taking this Halo class for fun. These are warriors preparing to insert behind enemy lines in real places on the earth. 
They're practicing these jumps at such high altitudes so that the enemies won't hear the plane above them. And they practice these low openings and tight turns so that they can spend the minimal amount of time as possible in the air as targets. See, the reason these seals are diving out of the plane is because they're warriors on a mission to rescue people that are oppressed in the world and to wreak havoc and disrupt those who are oppressing them. You know, as I heard the story and thought about it, something became very clear. This is the story of Christmas. It's a story of Christmas. As Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament book of Isaiah in a local synagogue, New Testament book of Luke chapter four, starting in verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in that synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, the king is here. He speaks good news to the poor. He brings recovery of sight for the blind. He proclaims freedom for prisoners and the oppressed, just like what those Navy SEALs were training for. And so because the king is here, if you think about it, Christmas is an invasion of sorts, right? You see, Jesus' birth, it was a declaration of war against Satan and demons and sin and death itself. Jesus' birth was the beginning of a beachhead where his kingdom was now established and was ready and preparing to push back against his enemies. And you know what else? God was determined to tell other people about this birth. He lets Mary know. Luke chapter one, starting in verse 30. But the angel appeared to Mary, said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And the kings, they sit on thrones. And this king, he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Kings reign and rule. And this baby is a king who will reign and will rule. God doesn't just let Mary know. He lets the shepherds know as well. They were tending their flocks at night as Luke tells us a little bit further on in his gospel, chapter two, verse nine, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What's this great news? What's gonna cause all the great joy? Well, here it is. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord That word Messiah, we don't use it much today, but that is filled, loaded with kingly imagery. You see, the Jewish people in this day, they were waiting for a Messiah who would liberate them from their political oppression by the Roman Empire and would make them once again a free people. And so Jesus was king to bring freedom, for sure, but he came to bring freedom from a much more serious oppressor. We learn what that is when God tells Joseph about this king, Matthew Chapter one, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? 
Well, because he will save his people from their sins. See, King Jesus came to free his people from the biggest problem of all, whether we know it or not, their sins. In all times, in all places, throughout all of history, there's always been problems in the world, right? Political oppression, racial oppression, cancer, sickness, busyness, mental illness, on and on and on we could go. There's not a person out there who thinks that this world is the way that it should be. But we can't miss what Jesus is saying here. We can't miss what the biggest problem of all is. It's, it's our sin. It's what he came to save us from. Do you know that? Do you see that? Do you feel that? Do you believe that? King Jesus came to free his people from their sins. And you know what? If we can slow down for a second, and if we can turn down the sound and the static and the distractions, and just take a breath, take a break. If we really and truly listen, then you know what? We're gonna find that God is telling us, every one of us in this room today, right now, he's telling us the same thing he told Mary, the same thing he told the shepherds, the same thing he told Joseph, that the king is here. So do you know that? Have you heard that? Do you see that? Do you really get it or is it one in and out the other? Does it become so familiar that you say, yep, Jesus is here, great, awesome, and then move on with the day? Or do we see it? King Jesus has come into this world. He's defeated Satan. He's defeated demons. He's overcome the power of sin and death. Hope incarnate has invaded this world. So what should we do now? How do we respond to this Well, lots of things we could do, but let's keep it simple, right? Let's respond the way that Jesus' mother Mary did. See, after hearing the good news from God's angel, she says back in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Five words. I am the Lord's servant. You know, in saying this, Mary acknowledges she's no longer living for herself. She's no longer going to make herself the center of her own story. And instead, she is going to commit her life, her very being, her time, her talent, her treasure to living for a bigger story, a better story. Mary's going to commit herself to serving her own son, King Jesus. It's beautiful, and it's simple, and it's profound. And so for you and me, right, let's go into finals week Let's go home to family and friends over break. Let's go into the new job and the new city, whatever it is, saying, I'm the Lord's servant. Living to serve God, living to serve other people, living to ease people's burdens, living to be peacemakers in a world not peaceful. Why? Well, because, of course, the king is here. He's forgiven the sins of his people. His grace abounds. His kingdom of love and justice and mercy, it's on the move. And so when we're bored and when we're tired and when we're distracted and lonely and anxious and depressed and hopeless, whether tomorrow, whether during finals week, whether week five of the break, let's remind ourselves that the king is here and that we are the Lord's servant. You know, we need need to do this because all of us, all of us, every one of us, to some degree or another, you know, we lose perspective in this season, right? Good season, but distracting season. Sometimes a season of hopelessness. But thankfully, you know what? God knows. God knows that we need reminders. 
He gives us reminders in his word, his Bible. It's living and active. But you know what also he does? He gives us reminders in and through communion. You see, on the night before Jesus was crucified, he sat down with the disciples and they had a meal. And he would soon die for the sins of the world and would rise from the dead. Before he did that, he gave them reminders. Gave them things to remember, to be focused on. And so on that night, he took some bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. Take and eat. He took some wine and he poured it out. And he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Tonight, if you're believing God's promises, right, I invite you to come forward to one of the stations that we're gonna have here set up. There'll be one, on the, one over here, one in the middle, and one over there. Just come forward, take a piece of the bread and dip it into the wine that's in our hand or there'll be some grape juice here on the stools. You don't need to say anything uh, to us, but we'll say a word of encouragement to you. And, and as we come forward, whenever you're ready, uh, just remember, come with joy, come with hope. And let's come just remembering those things. We, I am the Lord's servant. May your word fulfilled be fulfilled to me. If you're gonna come forward and help us serve communion and do that, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, uh, it's so easy to lose perspective in this season. Lose perspective on good things. Would you help us to remember that you're here, the king is here through the birth of Jesus. Would you help us respond the way Mary did, that, that I am the Lord's servant. I don't know where we all are in this moment. I don't know what you're doing in people right now, but I do pray that you would help us to have eyes to see you and we would respond appropriately. As we take this bread and wine, help us to remember, help us to worship and love you more and more. Thank you so much for Jesus, and we pray this in his name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Veritas Mizzou podcast. If you were encouraged by this message, please be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps other people find our content so that they can be encouraged too. Most importantly, to get connected to Veritas, check out our weekly meeting on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on Mizzou's campus. For specific details about where we meet, how to join a small group, or more information about Veritas, visit us online at veritasmizzou.com. To stay in the loop with what we're up to, follow Veritas Mizzou on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening.